In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In a very compact volume, uh, this one produced in 1893, H.C.G. Moole, Principal of Ridley Hall and late Fellow of Cambridge of Trinity College, Cambridge, and later Bishop of Durham, writes, and I quote, In the Christian's view and hold of the truth of Christ, it is his duty and strength to see and grasp central truths as such. There are suns, planets, and satellites in the system of the blessed gospel. The supreme sun of the spiritual universe, the ultimate reason of everything in the world and work of grace, is the glory of God, the glory of God of God. Whole systems of truth move in relation to this. This is subordinate to nothing. But we are thinking now of one subordinate system and of its son supreme within that circle. The system is the revealed way of fallen man's salvation. The solar truth of that system, ruling and harmonizing the rest, is the union of the Lord Christ and his people. It is the truth conveyed in the phrases, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, Christ in you, etc. And all views of gospel doctrines which take no account of this are inadequate, unquote. It is not enough to sum up all that Jesus is to you in terms of the fact Mool says that he has sought you, or found you, or saved you, or even loved you. These things are true, but you dare not stop there and make any of these ultimate truths. And if these things are true, it is only because Christ in you and you in Christ is the hope of glory. Is Christ really and truly within? Am I really and truly in Christ If it's so important, I should like to know then. Are there signs of his presence, inner or better, outward signs of his being there? In today's readings, we see and hear that seeing and hearing alone will not give us the possibility of discerning and therefore claiming the presence or absence of Christ and of God in Christ. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So just what would we do? Now the text is Samuel's as he comes at God's bidding to anoint another king. The last one looked the part. He just couldn't play it. His heart wasn't in it, apparently. This one is the runt of the litter. If there is anyone who can see with God's eyes, it is Samuel. Samuel looks past all the obvious candidates, the ones who look kingly or regal or presidential might be the word for us. David is ruddy, tanned and handsome, but he doesn't have the requisite auburn hair tinted with that little streak of gray at the temples to give the appearance of wisdom. David is a kid. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Trust me, says Samuel, and have faith, 
Faith, it is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants. That's faith. That's Jesus. That's today's gospel talking about faith. No, that's Jesus talking about the kingdom. We walk by faith, not by sight. That's Paul talking about faith and talking about the kingdom. The solar truth of that system ruling and harmonizing the rest is the union of the Lord Christ and his people. It is the truth conveyed in the phrases, in Christ, in Christ, Jesus Christ, in you. That's Mool again, I know. We've heard it before. And the union of the Lord Christ with his people is the kingdom. Our kingdom life, our residence in the kingdom begins when Jesus becomes resident in our hearts, not before and not outside of that condition. He is scattered there, planted like seed by his word. Now this is faith also. Not our own capacity to grasp Christ or anything else by the power of will. Faith is not like a muscle. I once heard a sermon where someone said, faith is a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it is. The road to perdition is paved with that kind of thinking. (laughs) Faith is not like a muscle which we exercise as we choose, as we decide. Room to pursue that on the other 51 Sundays of the year. Faith is our way of apprehending the presence of Christ of apprehending the union with Christ, which the presence of Christ communicates to us. Faith takes root, and it grows of its own without our even knowing it, without it being perceptible to us. Faith, the faith of Christ in Christ, the faith through which Christ works to renovate our lives, to make us new creation, to make through us the creation new. Luther. Through the spoken word, capital W, we receive fire and light, by which we are made new and different, and by which a new judgment, new sensations, and new drives arise in us. This is just wonderful. Let me say this again. And by which a new judgment New sensations and new drives arise in us. We are now partakers of the divine life. But the key word here is receive. By receiving the word Christ, we receive the person Christ in person, in presence. To receive the word living and present, we are made new, born anew as sons of God. Luther again. Whoever is a son must be an heir as well, merely by being born, merely by being born. No work and no merit brings him the inheritance, but only his birth. This is Father's Day. We're talking about Mother's Day here. Thus he obtains the inheritance in a purely passive, not in an active way. He obtains his inheritance by being born. Our contribution to being born, we receive it in a purely passive way. That is, just by being born, not his producing or working or worrying makes him an heir. He does not do anything toward his being born, but merely 
lets it happen. Faith alone takes hold of the offered promise, unquote. As sons and daughters, we do not contribute anything. We do not participate, if you like, in our own birth. We cling to life, even while God brings us into that new life, but we don't know what it is we're clinging to. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself. These are some of the most profound verses in scripture. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself. The seed of faith, which is the word, the living Christ, God's gift of life sown within us. One more Lutheran, Simo Pura. God becomes present and begins to live in us at the moment he creates, he creates true faith in us. Paul, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Christ within is making new. Replacing the dry thatch of our own dying with the person of Christ. As Luther says, our drives, our judgments are replaced by those of Christ. Paul, for the love of Christ controls us, controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. The love of Christ controls us. That's the love of Christ, not just for us. That's the love of Christ as Christ controls us. We live for him, for his kingdom. We live, he lives. He lives not just in us, but through us in this world, bringing his kingdom coming into being, not by our blind obedience as slave to despotic master or absentee landlord, but as one who has simply replaced and is replacing day by day those things in us, our motivations, the things that moved us and moved us to action. Luther, the life that I now live, he lives in me. Indeed, Christ himself is the life that I now live. In this way, therefore, Christ and I are one. Christ and the believer are one, identical, if you please. So whatever there is of me, of Christ's, Christ's righteousness, Christ's life, Christ's peace, Christ's salvation, Christ's it is, and Christ's it remains. For the love of Christ controls us, Christ controls us. Christ gives us his only as much as he gives us him, himself. He keeps his hands on it, as it were. It is Christ that we get, 
not what is Christ to make of, what we will, wouldn't we love that? That he gives us all that power and we do of it what we will. God help us and Christ has seen to it that he does nothing of the kind. It is Christ that we get, not is that what is Christ to make of what we will. And when we get what is Christ, we get Christ along with it, a little added bonus. If there is to be a union then between me and the God who made me, then I expect and I pray that God will have the final say in how that union is to be shaped. I think often we let that part of the transaction drift away. It's like faith. We want power that we can control. God wants to give us love, which he controls. For the love of Christ controls us. You ever feel out of control? Do you like it? (laughs) Doesn't matter. That's where Christ wants us to be. Always out of control. Always on the edge. Always looking beyond what we can see. Trusting that in faith, he will bring even us to bring something into being that he wants. So, let us embrace the reality of union with Christ as the precondition for participation in the divine life. It may be more than we bargained for, but it is the greatest gift on offer. Let us also embrace the humility, I do not say humiliation, but the radical humility which will be ours to assume as well. That goes with the territory. That will be our part of the participation. Let me end with a few verses, a morning act of faith by Bishop Moule. Let us pray. I believe on the name of the Son of God. Therefore, I am in him, having redemption through his blood and life by his spirit. And he is in me, and all fullness is in him. To him I belong, by purchase, conquest, and self-surrender. To me he belongs, for all my hourly need. There is no cloud between my Lord and me. Just one more time. There is no cloud between my Lord and me. There is no difficulty, inward or outward, which he is not ready to meet in me today. The Lord is my keeper. Amen.